You are listening to the Wi-Fi Ninjas podcast, where we talk about wireless technology. Here are your hosts, Matt Daring and Matt Starling. Hello, and welcome to the latest Wi-Fi Ninjas podcast. I'm your host, Matt Starling, and I'm joined today with Matt Daring and probably one of, if not the most famous guys in Wi-Fi, UC. Hey, UC. Hey Matt. Hey Mac. How are you guys doing? It's it's uh, good to be here. First time ever. So uh, yeah, we're super. Yeah, we're super excited. We're super excited to have you on the on the show today. Uh, So the reason why you're on the show today is because there's some very exciting new products and features being launched with Echo House. So we wanted to do a special episode so you guys you could tell the guys exactly what's what's coming. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's a really exciting day for uh, for us, uh, and it's no secret we are recording this ahead of time. And you guys have had your you know uh, hands and feet wet for a while with our products, as have <laughs> like uh, a few hundred beta testers that we were fortunate to have. But yeah, today is a super exciting day, and and it's you know that feeling that's uh, kind of somewhere between good nervous and bad nervous like like you're nervous but it's not definitely not the bad kind so i would say we're more leaning on the good good kind of nervous which is excited so yeah uh, today we're launching not just updates on our existing uh, products like new features to the uh, ekahow pro and sidekick but also uh, a few all new products that we've been you know uh, fine tuning for the last few years no, honestly, we we are so excited for all of these uh, new features and the products that are coming out. We can't we can't wait to start using it and uh, everyone else to get a chance to see it and start using it for for the first time. Okay, cool. So should we start jump jump straight in with what what what's new then and what's what's to come? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the part of the big news is that uh, our previously called Ecohouse Site Survey Pro product, which most of the Wi-Fi professionals these days are using, I think, for Wi-Fi design and validation. Uh, so that was renamed Ecohow Pro, but that's not the big uh, big news, really. Uh, th- there's a couple of things that we've been working on for a while for that product. Uh, the primary one being a complete user interface refresh. So you will find that the user interface, for the most part, still looks and feels familiar, but it just looks a lot better in, in all the places Uh, like everywhere in the UI you go, it just looks a little bit more polished, a little bit smoother, but especially the map view, uh, the the map view just works incredibly much better. It's just, you know, the map operations are smoother and, and, you know, everything just works. You need to, uh, uh, you know, use it to believe it. So it's okay, but we definitely need to fix it. So you see how how much faster is the the user interface now? I think I saw a a percentage somewhere roughly. Yeah, yeah. So, so the percentage I I said was like four hundred twenty percent more fun to use, or something like that. <laughs> so that's that's a very exact metric, right? But so, so there's two uh, or three things that are significantly faster. The most significant thing is the map operations, like zooming and panning, and you you know our tool is mostly map based, so. Uh, you, you know, you have to use it to believe it, but but it's the the entire experience when you speed up the map operations by ten times or twenty times smoother. It's just the entire experience changes quite a bit. So now you could say it's you know it's up to today's standards. What people who have played with iPad applications and things like that, you, you know, it's the same responsiveness now with the the Pro tool as well. But there's that's just one thing. One is the smoothness of, of you know map operations. The other one is uh, the how quickly the heat maps are calculated. And for those, there's two things. For survey data, if you have existing measurements, there's a dramatic uh, improvement in the calculation times, even for like the largest survey projects. It's dramatic how much faster it is. I don't have exact per- percentage, but uh, try it out. And, and, you know, anything I would throw out there in terms of marketing numbers, everybody would ignore anyway. Uh, the, la- the last thing is the prediction speed. So so when you play simulated access points on the map, that's faster as well. It's dozens of percentage, but it's the smallest uh, improvement uh, we've seen. But even that's, uh, you know, uh, a two digit uh, percentage of speed gain. So it's it's definitely like anywhere you look, 
it's a lot faster. But it's not just uh, faster. It's it's uh, we brought 802.11 AX support uh, into the tool. We brought the latest 802.11 AX access points from Aruba and Cisco and and you know Ruckus and Airhive and. Uh, Interference detection is what we've been working on for the last couple of years. So the oh, first version of interference detection classification placement on the map, seeing their impact areas, seeing it real time, that kind of stuff. Oh man, I I I don't think you'll remember, but a few years ago at the first um, Eckhart Design Day that you did in in the UK, I, this was actually a feature that I was asking for back then. You know, there was, I think you did like a Q and A session at the end of your presentation, and then this was I've, I've been asking for this feature for years. So now that it's actually here, I'm so excited to actually start using it and seeing it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's just going to be like seven or eight interferers to begin with, like, you know, frequency hopper and video camera and, and motion detector, that kind of stuff. But we're kind of hoping that together with the community, we will train this to be an awesome system uh, over the course of next months. So we will uh, receive feedback from you guys. We will, uh, you know, buy those devices that you guys mostly see, and then we will train the system to learn. It's quite amazing in terms of automating our reports as well, because now uh, this is one of the very few sections that we have to do ourselves. So identify those interferers, identify the zone of impact, copy and paste like the screenshot from MakerHow into the report, uh, outlining the real impact of those you know, interferers based on uh, spectrum utilization and the profile seen in uh, FTT. So could we Absolutely. use it? Could we use it as one of the JSON tags? to put it out of the EchoHow and insert it into our report templates. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, I, I wasn't involved in specifying the reporting tags, so I can't be 100% sure what's there. But you know what? Uh, we could actually ask. Let's, let's do this. Uh, let me ask, since we have the luxury of sitting next to the developers, uh, let me get one of those guys uh, to answer that question. How about that? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. Give, give me just a minute and I'll, uh, I'll ask somebody to help out. No sure. problem. That is a loud door. It is a loud door, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on, guys. I have the, the lead for ESS software development here. Matt and Matt, meet Nikke, uh, the head of ESS development. Nikke, meet Mac and Matt uh, from Wi-Fi Ninjas podcast. Hey. How are you guys? Very uh, good. You're still there at least. Okay. Yeah. So um, so the question was with regards to interference detection, uh, how is the reporting and especially the template reporting going to work? Uh, do we have tags for the interferers? Can we get a map of the combined uh, impact area of the interferers? That kind of stuff. Mm, I wasn't the one who developed that, but I did look at it. Uh, for certain, for certain, you can do the visualization uh, for the interferers. Well, so you mean the heat map of the impact area? Correct. Yeah, but can you do it per interfere? I I seem to recall that we did add the tags that you can you can so make you can them, loop you can loop them. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm not going to swear on this. Tim uh, would be the better guy to ask about this. Okay. But do you want me to go ask him? <laughs> No, that's fine. I, I think that's that's you know uh, close enough of a of an answer. And uh, certainly we can uh, get out the map with the interferers placed on the map as well, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. That you can do. So yeah, so it's amazing. Like especially for multi-story buildings, it will save us quite a lot of time without having to do it all all manually. So thanks guys for implementing such a magnificent feature. Yeah, that's all demo. <laughs> 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 but team effort, right? Um, yeah, actually, actually, we could uh, ask Tim also if if he happens to be around. Well, if he, if he's around, ask him to come come over yeah. uh, okay. if, you, if you don't mind. Excellent. We can. In the meanwhile, we can continue the podcasts. That's Sorry perfect. about the uh, audio quality being slightly probably degraded because I had to change uh, from the Yeti microphone to the uh, MacBook. No problem. It's still really good. All right, that's that's good. That's good. But yeah, so um, that's the luxury we get uh, in Helsinki is like all of the development is in the same freaking building in the same freaking floor. So, you know, uh, it makes a lot easier to bounce ideas and things like that. 
side note, I just uh, came from lunch, Hannele from marketing was there, and then the head of our research was there, and we were kind of, you know, going through what's happened for the Connect launch, and, and uh, you know, what are the top research uh, items for, for the future and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's the kind of life in Helsinki. It's good that you can collaborate so well with all areas of the business, makes such a difference. It really does, yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, and the only thing that sits between you and your developers is the squeaky door. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we really need to finish that, don't we? Okay. Shall we carry on from uh, interference to, to the classification? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I guess, I guess the question is, uh, what else is new uh, in the in the tool set? This can't be it, right? And it really isn't. Um, there's a, like, for example, if we take Sidekick, which many Wi-Fi engineers already today have. Well, first of all, the Sidekick turns out it's become pretty much the de facto measurement device now for Wi-Fi professionals. And we're really happy. Thank you to all the customers. We didn't know if anybody's going to buy it, but uh, you, you know, it turns out it, it worked out uh, pretty, pretty well. So Mike is saying he couldn't find the algorithm guy. He probably went for a long, long lunch, <laughs> no worries. which may mean that, you know, we may not see him. But, but anyway, for, for the sidekick, um, I'm just putting on my headset. Give me a second, actually, and we can continue with the, uh, with the sidekick. Hanle, could you close the door one more time, please? Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, proper, proper. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, very yeah good. perfectly. So you All suggest right. uh, if you happen to see the algorithm guy, ask yeah. the question, let us know, and we'll include it in the show notes. We'll do so. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, okay. So, yeah, the, the second new thing uh, or second thing that has new stuff is the sidekick, right? And, and it, you know, uh, we didn't know if anybody is going to buy it. And turns out uh, a lot more people wanted to buy it than we could produce it in the beginning. So we actually had to set up a second factory line for the sidekick uh, to keep up with the demand. And now that we are, you know, uh, the lead time has dropped from like three months uh, back to like you know zero almost like zero days so we can pretty much ship sidekicks now uh whenever there's an order we still haven't reached the the level of inventory we would like but at least the, the factories are producing now as much as the demand is which is which is good news for us and a good news for customers that they can get their device without having to wait for several several months and, for the and me, while you're talking about the sidekick me and mac absolutely love using the sidekick uh, i don't know if you or anyone else who listened to any of our previous episodes but we talk about echohow and the sidekick so much and how much we enjoy not having to use four dongles walking around people like customer environments because the amount of different uh, things we would get called whilst doing a survey. Like my, probably my favorite one is that people would think I was doing ghost busting or uh, trying to collect Pokemon, like walking around with all these dongles sticking out. And now we can have this nice selling ice cream. Yeah, we can have this nice little sleek sidekick just on our side. And um, yeah, it's such a great product and piece of hardware kit to use with the software. That's so nice to hear. Thanks, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the community, and and thanks everybody for that. But it's maybe it's also because this was created with you guys. I mean, uh, it was based on the feedback we got from you regarding the dongles and the battery life, and you know the accuracy of the measurements and stuff like that. And, and uh, this is, yeah, that's the end result. So for the sidekick, uh, there's a few new things there. Well, obviously, the interference detection uh, starts with the sidekick. If you don't have that, you won't have interference detection. Uh, so, so it's based on the fact that sidekick is like really fast and really accurate when it comes to spectrum analysis. But it's not just that. It's also that you can you know, use any existing sidekick works for interference detection. Any existing and new sidekick also will work for uh, 802.11ax site surveys. But also any existing and new sidekick will get uh, an, a software upgrade which enables 128 gigabytes of uh, SSD storage where you can, you know, back up your project files if you want to, you, you know, uh, 
just have an additional backup space for yourself. So so it's always been there in all the sidekicks, the, the SSD drive, but we just haven't used it for anything. But now we're unlocking it for, for example, to be used with Pro. Nice. Secret bit of uh, hardware hiding in there, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we figured... That's so heavy. Exactly. It's all those bytes uh, in the hard drive that's, that makes it heavy. That's a lot of space, though. 128 gig. Yeah, yeah. It might be a little bit of overkill, but like anything we did with Sidekick, whether it was the quality of the antennas, the quality of the radios, um, the the amount of battery, we just went overkill with everything. Um, but that pays off. You see now when you when you take a look at the spectrum analysis of Sidekick and the resolution of that thing and the frequency of scanning, and then you go back to the dongles, you just laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. It's it is a whole whole different experience. And and we were talking about that. Can we go back really quickly to the uh, template based reporting tags? Because I have the guy who implemented uh, has done all of the algorithms for the classification, but also much of the uh, front end and reporting features as sure. well. So uh, I could maybe knock on the door and listen listen to the uh, awesome door that we have here. Ah, sweet sounds, <laughs> sweet sounds of the awesome door. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Thanks, Demo, for, for uh, coming in. So uh, here's Mac and Matt. You will not be able to hear them, but you can speak to the Yeti uh, microphone, Demo. Uh, so uh, co come on closer so that mm -hmm. you, you know they okay. can hear you on the mic. Have a seat. Yeah, uh, so, say hi. So Mac Mac, Mac and Matt uh, say hi to Temo, uh, one, one uh, of the key guys in our research team. Uh, so Temo, what have you been working on for the last couple of years? So I've been working on interference detection uh, since, I don't, I don't want to say when, but it's, it's been a while. So it started with the, just a live detection where you can see it in RTFM and lately uh, actually taking those results and putting them in the file and visualizing them on the map and so on. Yeah, yeah, and and you know we're really close to well actually at the time this podcast airs that will be out and uh, yeah the guys were super excited about the about the whole thing and then there was a question on like uh, what about the template based reporting like what kind of options do we have to produce the reports? So currently it's just like uh, all or nothing. So you can visualize them all or, or or none of them, but. Obviously, in the future, that's something you could loop, like access points and stuff like that. But currently, it's just just to get the the basic template going. You can visualize the, the heat map, and it'll place the interferers on the heat map for you. So that's the basic. Okay, so you can uh, create like a blank map with only the interferers. Of course, you know whatever whatever you put in the visualization inside the visualization tag. So you can have a blank map with, uh, for example, with uh, with the interferers, or you could have a blank map with interferers and their impact area, or it's just the interferers and the impact area. Yeah, yeah. currently it's just the one thing. That there's like one checkbox that says interferers, and that's contains the heat map and the placed interferers. Okay, just, okay, yeah. all right. And based on the feedback we get, uh, if yeah. people need more granular, then we'll add loop yeah, tags and stuff like to, that. Yeah. All right, all right. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't want to steal the show from Mac and Matt, but but maybe talk a little bit about, uh, without going into the details of the implementation, but but maybe some of the challenges when it comes to, you know, Wi-Fi environment, because it's, it's not, it's never a lab environment. If it was, mm -hmm. this would be pretty straightforward, yes. right? And it's not, not that all the interferers always behave the same way. So can you talk through like some of the challenges? Uh... Yeah, so so usually what we start with is I have this one interferer. What does it look like in the spectrum? How would I try to classify this interferer? And I have all these theories that this is the way it would work. And nice, now I have a classifier that detects this video camera. Then I bring in the next interferer and suddenly it doesn't behave like the other one does. So my current, my old theory doesn't apply anymore. So, <laughs> so it's a bit about like, Oh, I have this all-encompassing theory about how to detect interferers, and then you bring me a device that, that no longer conforms to this idea. Here, here's a, a device that transmits in a way that doesn't really match, and, and it even it starts to interfere with the other detections because now now it's not behaving like I'm expecting it to. So, so it's been a, much of a discovery where it started with just like continuous fixed frequency, like a video camera is quite easy. It stays in the same place. It has a very recognizable shape, and it stays that shape over time, but then you're bringing in a, a frequency hopper and suddenly you can't look at spectrum sweeps one at a time anymore. You have to start looking over time. And it, it, 
it's con a continual progress like this where you suddenly there's something that's not quite behaved like you expect it to and you have to try to conform yeah yeah and it's it's like uh we we were like a lot, a lot of us were included in the testing. We were we were happy to kind of see the process and 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 you know talk about the 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 development and testing and stuff like that. And and it's it's also because it's all based on probabilities and it's kind of fuzzy. The spectrum is always kind of fuzzy and yeah. and you know you have to kind of eliminate the Wi-Fi out of the picture first to understand what's Wi-Fi and what's actually interfering with the Wi-Fi. And then you know the it seemed like the more interferers you bring in, the more probability for false positives. Positives, mm -hmm. uh, of course, you also have. Uh, you know, the yeah. more shapes, the more uh, probability for erroneous, uh, you know, detection as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a pretty exciting time. And are you? How are you feeling now that we're a couple of days away from launch? And uh, you know, soon it will be in thousands of people's hands. Yeah, of course. As a as a researcher, you're always sort of biting your nails that oh, oh it's sort of. I, I got it working quite nicely in our office environment, but that's then multiply that by a thousand and suddenly even the smallest effects are going to be amplified. So now now it shows up in a multiple build. But but at the same time, we, we could keep trying to sort of narrow it down to be a perfect perfect detection mechanism and it, it'll never come out. It, it'll always be in the lab. It'll never get out of here. So we so so. I think the ideal thing is here is let's try it. Let's see what, what people like about it, what they don't like about it and, and work on it, start working on it and fi fixing things because that's that's the only way we're going to, I mean, improve on it. I, I can only do so much, only one person, only one office sort of, it's, it's limited scope. Exactly. And when we took it, uh, so I can speak more from my experience, we took it to like several hospital sites and, and uh, trade show floors and stuff like that. And I was blown away by, you know, how well it worked. For example, we were at the uh, Cisco booth uh, at Mobile World Congress uh, and with Jim Florvik, uh, we and, and his colleague, we we surveyed the entire booth. And then it was like, oh, there's a, it says there's a video camera here. No, no, there's not. And then we went to see and Yeah, yeah, there, there, there indeed was a video camera right there where it said it is. So, okay. so I, I was blown away. And also uh, having run this, like, let's say, uh, Cisco Connect Moscow, we run demos for like two days straight and the false positives, you, you know, were, were kept, uh, were, were not there. So so I, cool. I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's it's a good system. Yeah. And this is a, also maybe a call out for the community to, mm -hmm. you know, get a, give us like uh, when, whenever you see something that that's not there. Yeah, especially if, if you're like, uh, let's say you're an expert in this field, you know, for a fact that this is not what it's detecting. So that, that's really interesting, especially if you get like a spectrum capture or whatever. So it's, it's easier for us to then debug why is this happening? Usually, if there's a false positive, it's not I would say most cases, it's not a case of it's actually inventing something there. You, there probably was something there, but it just, it, it labeled it wrong. It, it picked up the wrong interferer, wrong sort of profile for what that actually, what actually was happening in the background. Because it, it does detect, for instance, Wi-Fi in the background. We don't show that, but it's sort of a, it has to filter out the Wi-Fi to actually detect what's then, that's not Wi-Fi that's left, that's still in the spectrum. So. There's probably something there, but we the label might go wrong or something like that. Exactly, and I, for example, I got some good signatures and files from uh, the Skyline Networks guys already several months ago. Guys, I haven't forgotten you. You, I'll, I'll get back to that as soon as the launch craziness is over. So we are already getting those uh, things mm -hmm. from the community. Uh, one more thing is like, um, what's different at? Well, I haven't worked for a lot of companies, but what seems to be different with Ecohouse research team and uh, and many other companies is in many other companies research is kind of an, a, a separate uh, thing where you know these groundbreaking things happen but then somebody else needs to productize them and it's it's a long process but how would you describe like for example the implementation of this feature we don't really have uh, a strict line between R&D mm -hmm. And product management and uh, research. Uh, how's your feeling about that? Yeah, so, so it, it feels like I've actually been part of the research and development because I, I took it from like the first prototypes to actually the thing you see in the product currently. So in, in that sense, it, it was tricky because I'm not maybe used so much used to the application development part, but at the same time now I'm I'm fully versed in the so, sort of whole stack of, of starting from the spectrum side and detecting and, and bringing it all the way to the map. So in that sense, I have a good idea if something goes wrong, how do I fix it and so on. So it's really 
interesting for me as well outside of the research perspective yeah to me it's like it's just incredible how you can go like so deep and then you, you know write write it uh to to the production software so so you know of course we you know there's a code review and mm -hmm. done and blah 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 but but you're the guy who did the algorithm and then implemented all the way to the map functionality in the tool uh, production system. Uh, just, yeah, every time I talk with you guys, it's it's just such a man crush because you're so talented and in so many Thank levels. You. And that's uh, that doesn't apply just to you. It's all mm, the four absolutely. researchers uh, in our team are the same way. Mm, Everybody yeah. writes production code. First, they come up with the algorithm, but then they ended up with, you know, production code yes. uh, to, the, to the actual product. And good code. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, thanks so much, man. No problem. Uh, I really appreciate you coming, and and the guys told to say hi to you as well. There's Mac and Matt here. Any uh, any last words to the uh, listeners of the podcast? Yeah, well, just I, I ho hope you like it. Uh, let me know if it doesn't work. I'll try my best to fix it. But uh, uh, stay assured that we're not. This is not it. We're not just gonna. Like put it out and just leave it and hope hope it works for the rest of rest of time. We're gonna keep like improving on it. So it's it's not it's not over. We're hard at work making it even better. Thanks yes. so much, man. It's every day I come to the office. It's a pleasure working with guys yes. like you. So thanks, thanks so much. And uh, if Timo or Jarno are, are in there and yes. available, because they implemented a lot of the new stuff that's in here. Uh, if they are still there in the research chamber, feel free to, you know, if yeah, they want to join the podcast, if you guys don't mind, if, if somebody still happens to drop in. Uh, of course not. All right, you get, get kind of an inside uh, view to the, you know, how things work here. And here comes the awesome door again. <laughs> ah, even better. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you very much for, for that. <laughs> uh, you get a double effect. And then now exactly. the developers are like, you see, you see door. I, I can see their faces through the glass. <laughs> It'll be good to know how to reach those guys. So if we have any feedback, if we have any any questions, and we would like to, to, to help you guys, because you can count on us 100% every time we are out and working and we see something misbehaving, we'll of course let you know. What is the best way of letting you know about about this stuff? I would say it's any way you want to reach us. So you can you can do Twitter, you can do um, you know email, uh, any any method of communication. You can give us a call. Uh, emails usually work like for Nick or Miko or myself. It's just first name at ekahow.com. Same for Jerry and Joel and stuff like that. So just uh, first name at ekahow.com works perfectly. Uh, you can also go on Twitter and we can start from there. Any. Any method is is uh, totally totally cool. Whatever works best for you guys. But we just we just want to be a, you, you know involved with you guys. No no matter the medium, really. Mm. Now see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so has that covered pretty much the updates for the sidekick um, from Not the all of them. No? I would say we are still having like a one very important update to talk about, right? Yep. You see, so uh, would you like to tell us more about the tool that will help us with troubleshooting everything, including roaming on multiple channels? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> why not? So, so that's one of the new things uh, that's that's coming out is or or was was released today is um, is the packet capture application for Sidekick. So, uh, you know. You just connect Sidekick into a laptop, whether Mac or Windows, uh, start our super simple packet capture application, and there you go. It's uh, it's simple as that. You just select the channels to scan, and the capture application writes PCAP that it then delivers from the Sidekick to your laptop, and it utilizes both of the Sidekick radios at the same time. So it allows you to, you know, catch, like, let's say you have a roaming problem between APs, two APs on two different channels. Uh, you can, you know, make the Sidekick scan continuously on, or a Sidekick capture packets on those, only those two channels, and then you will get every single packet on those channels. Or let's say you have a dual radio AP, and there's something funny going on with that. You can assign the Sidekick to be, you know, on both of the radios of that AP, and then uh, capture everything. You know, select the channels, uh, 
store the, uh, you, you know, press start and then it will capture everything and write PCAP so you can bring it to your favorite analyzer, whether it's, you know, OmniPeak or something else. Again, this is such a, a good update from you guys to really give any wireless engineer the, the complete tools and package, package, uh, package to be able to design, implement, troubleshoot a complete wireless network. Um, so this is another feature that we're super excited about to start using as well. This is really good to hear, man. Uh, and this was like when we released the Sidekick, uh, there was a CWNP conference like a couple of weeks after and and you know, the feedback we got was amazing device, but it needs to do packet capture. We heard it like dozens and dozens of times from the CWNEs. So we got bored of that. Capture wasn't actually a plan. Uh, we, we weren't planning to launch capture so early uh, at the time of the rest of the connect package, as we call it. We call the whole package uh, Ekahau Connect, which is, you know, pro and sidekick and capture and everything else we're going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, so we had to just cram capture in here as well. And that's why we also reached out to Adrian Granadas to help us out in some of the capture development, because, you know, he's such a great guy. We really like working with him uh, and, and, you know, everybody in the community loves him. So we thought, you know, how about uh, co-developing this this uh, tool with Adrian? And uh, yeah, it turned out good. Yeah, so I think this is just a game changer. I, uh, we wouldn't ever use any other wider surveying tools or software um, because you guys are constantly always releasing the best stuff and listening to the community and then implementing it into your products. So um, thank you guys really for how good of a product you provide us to, which enables us to do such a good job for our, our clients. Well, thank you for, you know, being being the customers and, you know, first of all, gi giving us money so that we can pay people's salaries, but also like being involved in the development and the community and all that. It's 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 just two way street, man. I it's think fun. what's what's it's really. Yeah. So I was just going to say over, over the last two companies that I've worked for, the one previously to one where I worked with Mac, um, they were actually using another uh, survey and software before I joined. And then when I joined, I uh, showed them the amazing things that Echo could do and converted them to, to Echo. And then they actually ended up buying about four or five sidekicks there. And then now, well, thank you. It sounds like I, I owe you a beer. <laughs> and now I uh, joined Mac where we work now at Natilic and we, I've, we both got sidekicks and we use them. I use it multiple times each week on sites. To, uh, I'm just so happy, happy to hear that, uh, you know, you got, you guys like it. Yeah. <laughs> we're so excited about the, the packet captures, especially packet captures like you were thinking about what packet capture tool to, to go for. Shall I shall I go for this vendor or that vendor? This doesn't do more than 40 megahertz. This doesn't do more than two special streams. This doesn't go beyond like, you know, N. And yeah, yeah. having everything combined into a single box with its own battery power that is not sucking up all the battery out from your laptop. And it doesn't matter if it's Windows or Mac, it's especially good for Windows since in Windows you didn't have any uh, any built-in monitoring mode wireless NICs as you did exactly. have for Macs in years. So I think I think it will be a massive, massive game changer. And especially now with everything that um, not only Mr. McKenzie, but you know, entire wireless community is focusing on now proper upskill, proper understanding of the protocol that will allow us to do a proper advanced troubleshooting of Wi-Fi networks and make everyone happy. We will be satisfied, clients will be happy, you will be happy, and everyone is happy. It's a win-win situation, isn't it? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And it's uh, speaking of Peter McKenzie, I think like the reason for, uh, you know, the captures, Ekahau captures existence is twofold. First of all, you guys demanded it. So it's an excellent tool for Wi-Fi experts, obviously, to do packet capture on two channels simultaneously, da 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 da, da. However, the other main reason I, I see here is that the community uh, or or any Wi-Fi network, you know, when, when stuff really breaks, packet analysis is necessary and it needs to be done on the floor level to understand what's truly going on on the client perspective. However, uh, the only way so far for you to capture packets, no matter how much I like, for example, OmniPeak and the other packet capture tools, they are awesome, or packet analyzers, I should say. They are really, really good, but they are expert tools. So even capturing the packets has been only the Wi-Fi expert's job. It's been like, 
you, you know, uh, you install the drivers and, and you, you know, you put in the dongles and stuff like that. So there really uh, hasn't been uh, this powerful of a multi-platform, you know, Windows or Mac packet capture solution that would pretty much work on any computer and it would be easy enough for anyone to use. So what's happening today is you mentioned Peter McKenzie. So so Peter McKenzie actually has to fly, uh, you know, from London uh, to San Francisco to troubleshoot a difficult Wi-Fi problem. Uh, he has to go on site, capture the packets and th then start analyzing it. But with the capture, you know, Peter could just call the local IT guy in San Francisco and say, hey, Remember that Wi-Fi insurance kit we gave you, that, that you know, dark gray device. Just connect it to your laptop, fire it up, uh, start this packet capture tool and, and you know, uh, collect me some data and I'll tell you what's wrong. So instead of Peter taking the, an 11 hour flight from London to San Fran, being jet lagged and not doing productive work in the meanwhile, you just tell somebody to capture the packets and then send those to Peter and Peter can take a look and, and yeah, go true. from there. Because now up to, up to, up to now, uh, our main, mm, main means of capturing data, it was converting one of the access points that were already mounted somewhere in the ceiling to, to a sniffer because we mainly work with like you know with a vendor that enables uh, enables us to, to do so uh, but by this time it's not great for us really because then you have your device uh, quite far away from the sniffing access point and you see everything from the access point perfectly but then you see some you know uh, problems with mm -hmm. crc checks going back to the access point because the radios on the clients they are not as powerful as the radios on the access point so you might see one direction being captured perfectly, but the other direction not being captured too perfectly when you're capturing on the access point level. So it's, again, very important to capture on the client's level, which Sidekick will enable us to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's that's capture. We I, I think we only have uh, 10 minutes of time uh, left for this. So should we talk about the biggest thing that we're announcing today? And sure. uh, here, here goes the door again, by the way. I do apologize. Can you can you close the door? Sorry about that, guys. Maybe you no can worries. edit it out <laughs> or not. Uh, it's become now a thing. Ekahout the the ekahout uh, the, uh, the, the ekahout door. Hey, Yarno. Uh, uh, let me actually. Uh, so so guys, can we take thirty second break? I'll just set the audio so that uh, we get the next guy on board here. No problem. Uh, all right, uh, just so it happens, uh, Jarno, another guy from our research team, uh, happened to uh, happened to walk by the by the room. So, so Jarno, uh, come on in and say hi to Mac and Matt from Wi-Fi Ninjas podcast. Hi guys. Hey Jarno. Hello Jarno. How is it going? It's going great. Amazing. Yeah, thanks for joining. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So, so um, not talking about what you've been working in the recent week or two or three, but before that, especially, uh, let's let's not spill the beans on the uh, on the you know future future stuff. But so this podcast will air uh, on the day of the release. So, what have you been working on for the last uh, year or two? Um, okay, so I've been involved in um, iOS visualizations quite heavily. So, um, so what are we releasing today? Uh, what's the product you've been working on? They haven't heard about it, about it even. Oh, the new one. Yeah. What are we releasing? So you just said that don't talk about the new one. For the, but not, the not, new the, one. not the new one, new one. <laughs> not uh, the new one. Yeah, but, but, the other but, one. But, the, but the product that we're releasing oh, on April 9th. Oh, that one. Okay, yes. so you're talking about Echo House Survey. Yes. Yes. Uh, for yeah, iPad. We're, we're releasing Echo House Survey. Uh, which is going to feature you can you can collect uh, Wi-Fi measurements very easily with that. Uh, you can do certain visualizations with the Echo House survey um, for very important visualizations. And we've actually like uh, re rewrote uh, a lot of the common visualization related code into a, into a library that we call from both the desktop application and the Echo House survey. So. Um, 
we have a common code base written in C++ that we use for most of the visualizations nowadays. So we're unifying. So, so first of all, the, the application is like, you know, you just connect Sidekick to, to an iPad using a standard USB-C to micro USB cable, and then you can start surveying like super easily. Yes, exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really simple app, simple to use app. Uh, you hook, hook your Sidekick into an iPad, and then you just like, uh, you can load your project basically off from the cloud and you can just start surveying by tapping on, on the screen and walking walking around the building. Absolutely. So so what is this cloud thing you're referring to? It's another another thing we're really using today. No, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, this is actually a really good lead into that. Yeah, yeah. So we have this uh, cloud component which is totally new. I haven't been involved uh, in that that heavily. But uh, it's you're involved the, in everything. Let's face well, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's the kind of like common nexus that brings everything together. So uh, you can upload your projects from desktop directly to cloud. You can share your project with a bunch of people, and then you can uh, use your iPad to load those projects to your iPad uh, without going through the Sidekick. So uh, and multiple people can do that at the same time, and multiple people can uh, use the iPad app too. Uh, collect measurement data, do surveys at the same time, and update the same project through the cloud. So it's a really, really big, like, uh, con and convenient feature that we're going to release. It it really is. It really is. And uh, like we were at, for example, at the biggest trade center in Finland, which is pretty freaking big. There was like eight of us serving it, yeah. and and whenever uh, you know uh, in the iPad, we could see where other people have been. Because yeah. it's it's like it's not real time, but it's whenever somebody goes back to the project menu, it automatically saves and syncs to the cloud. Yeah. So we could easily like we didn't need to even make a plan on like user way here, user way here. We just people just randomly spread out through the building, and we could yeah. see where everybody has been, uh, so, so that you know we wouldn't measure anything uh, more more than once. Really. Yeah. So you can see how the uh, when I, while other people are surveying, you can see how the heat map kind of like just builds up there when whilst they're doing that. So it's a pretty pretty amazing amazing thing. It is. It really is. And and you mentioned um, you mentioned heat maps. So yeah. so and actually this we haven't talked in any other um, media so far. It's it's not just of course the iPad application has the heat maps, but mm -hmm. also ESS's heat maps are hundred percent new, right? Because yeah, the whole yeah. whole yeah. heat map engine has been rewritten. Yeah, yeah, that has been done uh, basically for uh, in order to modularize code a bit better. So, so we now we have a separate component for the, all the visualizations that we do, and uh, eventually that will find itself to the cloud implementation too. So maybe in the future you can you can. Uh, let's see. Let's do, see what's going to happen. <laughs> do, do different things uh, in, in all kinds of fun places. Yeah, but yeah, the whole whole system has been rewritten, and uh, also also ESS nowadays uh, we we utilize uh, like modern graphics hardware much better nowadays. So so the heat maps are much faster, and uh, you can pan and zoom and do all kinds of stuff and uh, display like very high resolution heat maps. Much faster than you you were able to before. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty darn cool experience. And one one requirement uh, we had from the customer side was was also that you know the heat maps need to look pretty much identical between yeah. the laptop and the iPad. Because obviously, when you you know move the projects, whether you move them through the Sidekick or you move them through the cloud between the machines, they need to look similar. Otherwise, yeah. you know. Uh, if if the extrapolation level or the extrapolation algorithm was different between two heat maps, it wouldn't make sense. Like two people looking at the same data would see different results based on platforms. So that was one of one yeah. pretty strict uh, requirement that we were uh, kind of you know arm wrestling with. with yeah, coding. yeah. And in, instead of porting like all of the uh, stuff that went in, into ESS uh, heat map building, uh, we we uh, started to develop this. Uh, Common code base that we can utilize on both platforms. This so that's is a bit, pretty big thing. It is. It is, and this, it's like incredible. You, 
like uh, users who haven't used ESS too much won't be able to see, but there's like so much new stuff in ESS. All of the UI has been rewritten, although it looks fairly similar. Mm. Uh, all of the heat maps have been completely rewritten. No. Uh, some of the channel, you know, planning algorithms and, and, and a lot of stuff that happens under the hood has been uh, rewritten. Yeah. So, so it's, um, it's definitely, you know, a pretty big deal for us. And, yeah. and for the customers, it will show up as, yeah, it makes more sense now, or it just works a lot faster now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, can you talk talk about the whole? Uh, we we had uh, had like um, five full time guys, uh, yourself and four others, uh, mm. in in this project uh, for for years and years for the iPad, and of course that goes with the cloud and Sidekick connectivity and stuff like that. Yeah. How was the whole experience for you? Had you done Swift before? And uh, well, no, no, it, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. yeah, and some of the people were working in different countries, and uh, yeah, and um, uh, I learned a lot. Uh, and, and we've been working on different languages, C++ on the common library side. Uh, we also... Kotlin? Uh, Kotlin also, yeah, we have a shared component also used from Java and Swift. Uh, uh, nowadays you can compile Kotlin to different platforms. So, yeah, that uh, it's has, been, has, been, has been kind of experimentation also with different technologies, what, what works best and, and so on. But yeah, very... Very like comprehensive uh, experience and uh, lots of moving pieces, lots of people in different places and very, very exciting. Exactly. And then uh, also like the, it has to be 100% compatible with the cloud. It has to work perfectly with the yeah. cloud. It has to work perfectly with the ESS when you transfer the files. Yeah. Uh, and that's also why we had an enormously long beta period with an enormous amount of users in the beta group. And yeah. that really yeah. helped out, right? Yeah, it's not only that you have to have this common functionality with the desktop, but you have to, you're communicating through like uh, to Sidekick and the cloud and uh, you have to handle like uh, local local project files. You have to handle the sidekick connection. Yeah, there's a lot, lots of moving parts in in this whole thing, and uh, lots of t different teams working on their different stuff. And uh, everything has to work together. Everything has to interconnect. Exactly. And don't get me started on the on the stream. You know, data stream from the sidekick, commanding the sidekick from the iPad. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, retrieving the the results for Spectrum and Wi-Fi and everything. And yeah. and like establishing the whole connectivity between sidekick and iPad. And yeah, that was a big <laughs> big thing. I don't want to say it was a big mess, but it was a big learning experience. Yeah, we wrestled with that quite a long time, <laughs> gotta say. Yeah. Sorry, guys, for uh, stealing all the airtime. I know you, you guys probably got to go uh, in a second, but uh, at least now we've covered the five products pretty well. So, and you can stay in until the end. Uh, so, right. so, so uh, we covered. ESS, what's new in ESS and Sidekick, we covered packet capture, the iPad, and we talked about the cloud. Anything else, Mac and Matt, that we could help you with or anything you want to ask Jarno now that he's here? So, so take him as like a, a researcher, but also the head of, uh, you've kind of become the head of iOS development as well at the same time. So. Well, kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 amazing. It's really amazing. It sounds quite exciting. And just correct me if I'm wrong. So one use case of all the stuff that we are doing with the cloud and iOS expansion with a sidekick is we can have like a massive building to survey, which would take days for one person to do. You could have a couple of people with their iPads, a couple of people with their Mac OSs and Windows uh, laptops. They can all use sidekick, connect to the cloud, do the part of the survey and then it will be automatically joined into one big massive survey where you don't have to join multiple files. Uh, you just do it once, you see what everyone else has already surveyed and that's as simple as that. No more limitations in regards to the device or or to uh, move the files manually between the survey devices, is that correct? Absolutely correct. Uh, on the laptop side, the experience is not as 100% smooth yet as with the iPad, but that's where we're going with the laptop as well, is to have a similar uh, experience in terms of syncing uh, as well. But I just I just want to be honest here. So, so yes, but there is on a high level and especially looking forward that's or moving forward, that's exactly how it works. And that's pretty incredible. And another use case is 
Like we have had 10 year olds here at the office surveying with the iPads with, with like five minutes of training. I have trained IT people who have never used Wi-Fi tools in less than 60 seconds to use the iPad because it, it defaults to stop and go. And you tell them that click your location on the map, A, click your location on the map and B, it's a coloring book. That's all you need to tell them, connect Sidekick to the iPad app and they're off and going. So what this means is kind of similarly to what we talked about the packet capture. You know, uh, let's say you you have a critical site where Wi-Fi needs to work. You have one of these Wi-Fi insurance kits uh, and, and you tell the people, hey, uh, just to hook up your, you remember that, that dark gray box again, hook it up to your iPad and go collect, you know, measurements around this wing and this, these two floors of the building. Send us, you know, uh, it will automatically sync to cloud and then, have have Matt and Mac take a look at that, and you know you guys can can solve those problems. <laughs> Plus, you guys can charge premium for these premium services. You won't be traveling to walk around, but you will charge premium for you know the actual work that you should be doing, which is Wi-Fi design, Wi-Fi optimization, Wi-Fi troubleshooting. Exactly. Be, um, yeah, we can't wait. We're honestly so excited. I'm, um, I've actually got up on my screen now about buying an Apple iPad Pro because I don't have one, but I want to use it for this. So <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. And yeah, I would recommend the latest USB C iPad Pro, but we will have a list of supported and recommended devices on our website, of course. But, but you know, the, the newer and the proer the iPad is, the better. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna buy one today actually. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty good statement right there. So you're, a pro, you're a proper spender, Matt. Yeah, they uh, they uh, they got me good for this one. Nice, nice. That's that's good to hear. Um, you see, Yano, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening to this or on your webinar, or they, they're going to be just as excited as what we are um, for all the new uh, the features and products that are coming out. So. Again, just yeah, thank you for your time. Uh, if if there's anything else that you wanted to to cover off before we uh, wrap up this podcast, what what do you think, Yarno? Uh, well, one thing for ESS, just you know, that I just remembered is uh, we have a new research guy here who, as his first task, implemented a better AP placement algorithm after the survey. So so when you perform a survey in ESS, you remember how the APs were only placed on the survey points or survey routes. Uh, mm -hmm. Now there's a better AP placement algorithm in ESS. It sounds like a small deal, but it's uh, it's the same algorithm, I think, both in ESS and iPad. Yeah, yeah, that has been ported also to iOS. So yeah, the, yeah. the same new algorithm is in use in both both platforms. Exactly, and it's for example, because the iPad defaults to stop and go, uh, it's just, you know, for example, in stop and go surveys, it works so much better. But yeah, the last thing is just, Thank you to, to you guys for inviting us uh, to be here. We feel privileged and thanks for the for the listeners. If you, if you stayed on this long, use the hashtag, <laughs> we stayed on this long. And, and CC Mac and Matt and Jarno and myself. Hey Jarno, what's your Twitter handle, by the way? If you want to see behind the scenes in the Ekaho development. All right, so my Twitter <laughs> handle is uh, Lepi Loves Wi-Fi, L-E-P-I Loves Wi-Fi. <laughs> so check that out if you want to. Cool. And what's your Twitter handle? You see, just in case, I'm, I'm sure there's probably no one out there listening to this that hasn't got you on Twitter. But just in case, there are. My, la my last name is so difficult. If you just Google Yussi Wi-Fi, uh, you'll find me. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys, and and thank you, Mac. Uh, all our listeners, they know how they can get in touch with us. So we'll probably just just wrap it up here, I suppose. Perfect. Thanks yep, so thank much, you. guys. Just go on our website, ekaho.com, and it's all there now. Perfect. Thank, thank you, guys, and uh, thank you for such a great product. Thanks, guys, for being customers. <laughs> Speak soon. Speak right. soon, guys. Thanks. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. <laughs>